Okay, we are live. Hi, this is William Ramsey. Welcome to William Ramsey Investigates on today's show. I have a very special guest, returning guest. His name is Dr. Hans Uter. Last name spelled U-T-T-E-R. And this will be our part four of a series titled MK Ultra Music is the Weapon from Manson to the Technotronic Control State. He's one of my most listened to shows, really, like the last show uh, was one of my most listened to shows ever. And I locked in for sure. It was one of my most listened to shows. So I'm delighted to have him back. And this will be just kind of a continuation of the ongoing series. So if you haven't heard the other three shows, I would recommend you go check that out. We also did a, a couple shows together. We did one about the sick, depraved world of Al Alfred Kinsey. And then I think it was with Sean McCann, the genetic holocaust, kind of what's going on with this bioweapon and stuff like that. But again, we're going to talk about this one, MK Ultra Music is the Weapon Part 4. So... Dr. Hans Utter, welcome back to the show. Hey, uh, William, thank you for recognizing my degree, right? <laughs> my PhD, and it almost killed me. No, uh, it's tough. It's hard. Yeah, here's the thing. You're also going to show off not only your intellectual prowess, you're going to show off your musical prowess right now. Is that right? As an intro? Well, I hope I don't show off. I just, um, I'm dealing with the new... Technotronic non-working tech grid, right? So I decided once I got things sort of working, I, I said, I'm going to play some guitar because I get, you know, contacts, people that say, well, you know, you're just talking, you know, you're just, you know, you don't. So I just want to show I can play guitar. I'm just going to do a little, little guitar here. Let's see. Let's do it. Here we go. Sorry, a little cable issue. signal connection which is all this is about right our connection of the signal to the output to our lives you know how do we be or become in this world um, and you know not become lost by these things that you know that are 
you know, created, constructed around us um, without also losing what's valuable, right, in that. So, um, you know, this whole history, um, so the deeper things, so I've got um, a filing, I'm going to put out these books, I've got my web designer, you know, I'm going pro, right, pro. Nice. Pro in the, um, you know, the Dreamtime world, right? So, you know, those are watching the video. The Magic Bus, Dreamtime, Escape in Virtual Reality. Um, you know, it's, it's very hard to accept the fact that the whole serial killer phenomenon was a direct outgrowth and, in fact, integrated centrally into the psychedelic 60s, right? right? It was, in a sense, the container field, right? The container field. Um, and this container field, which is freedom, breaking of boundaries, right? So you have something new, you move forward to that, suddenly your life is different, right? And then you go to this radical stage of do what you want, do what thou wilt, right? The Crowleyan ideology seeps in. Do what thou wilt. That is the fundamental decision point where you cross over, then you reach points of power, ecstasy, control, and then terror, violence, murder, destruction, and then repeat the cycle. This is a cycling we're on. This is the psychological MK Ultra time capsule, right? That was finally successfully generated in the 1960s rock movement it, it was attempted it was rolled out other at other times you know the, the the jazz age the flappers right this was a radical transformation of society the same time you have this you know this explosion of jazz music you have the control of the songwriting industry you know what I mean? With Tin Pan Alley, which is this literally a, a you know corporate you know structure producing these hits, changing the language, changing the experience. You have the banning of alcohol. So having a drink at a bar, right? Imagine that's illegal, right? And how much you'd want to have a drink at a bar if it's illegal. It's forbidden. You're transgressing. You have the miniskirts. The miniskirts appeared in the 1920s, the Jazz Age. This was a rollout. All of these protocols, all of these understandings of culture and society were developed at least from, you know, 1700s on. You can go back to Plato looking at music and construction society. But in terms of actual implementation, the first real rollout was the Jazz Age. Okay? This was a radical intervention. You not only have this type of music, right, that is 
completely different rhythms, right? You have, this was a radical rewiring of the nervous system, okay? Music relates to the nervous system. So from that, we go on and on in various reworkings. But the magic bus, which is those who are watching the, the video, um, the magic bus, dream time, escape, and virtual reality, it all leads to the same end point. So um, just what I want to say is that in the 1960s, we have the full actualization of this. But you can look at the same model. Let's go back to the 1950s. All the kings of rock and roll, this radical reinvention of the family, of the self, of rhythm, and then it, it all died. It all died. Elvis is in the army, the big bopper, right? You know, uh, pedophilia charges on various, you know, this and that. I mean, deaths, right? In England. Mysterious car crashes, you know, the day the music died, Bye Bye American Pie. That is a very important song to understand this whole operation. You listen to that deeply, this is an articulation of this, okay? So, just to um, continue that space, the operations which were installed in humanity at least into a certain segment of humanity that had a, a desire to escape but be a desire maybe to excel to find meaning bring them up bring them down crash it restart so we're in the same control module, okay? So that's why I, I, we didn't get into this before. I know I'm diving in deep. I'm not doing a lot of... Uh, no, but you're setting the background. That's the way it was. Like, this is the jazz age to the 50s, to the 60s, to the present, right? Yeah, but what is the actual desired outcome? How do we, um, you know, we in terms of... You're directly proving this. How do you prove something so liquid or esoteric as culture, right? We don't even know how much music has influenced us, whether we choose to be whatever or not. But everyone says, you know, this 1960s, right? It was this freedom. But what did it translate into? It translated into the alchemical destruction satanic rituals of Altamont. Altamont was the mirror of, of Woodstock, right? Forwards and backwards. The black mirror, so to speak. Yeah, and in the middle you got Manson. Who's the... And Manson ties it all together, which will hit. Um, and Manson ties directly into actual experimentation on populations of rats. Well, no, I mean, they, they did it with rats. They did 
methamphetamines and LSD because rats have very similar grouping behaviors to human beings. Interesting. And from these experiments, you have Charles Manson. And the person doing these experiments who had funding and a lot of stuff has disappeared, but was actually Manson's parole officer. And so he's, you know, running the hate um, free medical clinic with the office for Jolly West in the, the clinic and doing the LSD experiments with the methamphetamines, which is, you know, I'm in Ohio, right? Ohio is the hell of methamphetamines, opioid addiction, right? It's on the the slaughterhouse, so to speak, you know, the targets. And what a boring place to live, right? But, hey, I'm here, so. What's the parole officer you're talking about? Is that Roger Smith? Is that his name? Yeah, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll pop that book out. Okay. With the, uh, he was like a doctor. It's weird to have a parole officer who's a doctor, right? What would, the whole thing was very mysterious because... He was getting let off. He's getting picked up, you know, on freeways, you know, with, you know, 15-year-old girls with tons of drugs in the car on parole, right? And just getting let go. They're turning a blind eye. And, in fact, his officer was not even in the same county. So it was totally anomalous. And, um... Actually, his pro officer is the one that introduced, took Charles Manson, this, you know, psychotic career criminal, and introduced him in the LSD, and in short order, he became this Christ-like guru figure. So, his pro officer was the one that sort of, quote-unquote, alchemized Charles Manson. So that is, you know, and we can go into lots of minutiae, Laurel Canyon, blah, blah, blah. But Manson is the bridge from the love to the death, from the escape to the hell. And then back cycling that whole cycle again, which is a permanent trauma state, which is the, you know, the fracturing of the human psyche in the multiple compartmentalized segments, right, of DID mind control. So this is how and where this programming, not only of MKUltra, your Project Monarch, whatever, is disseminated into the mass culture. It's, okay, and look at it like a spraying, right? So you got your, you know, your plane flying above spraying a, a toxic agent. Everybody's going to get a different intake of that agent, okay? Minor, major, blah, blah, blah. But the person locked into the airtight experimental cell in the laboratory is going to get a full implementation of that toxication, right? 
pick up. But from that, you can do you do derivative analysis. We go to Kurt Lewin psychological topography. You can mathematically model the effect this is going to have on the population, right? Right. With, you know, you got different spikes. Look at COVID. Great example. People are still. My neighbors are still jogging, wearing masks, man. I know, it's crazy. It's still out there. They just declared it today. It was over, right? People are still masking up. I mean, not that the who is very ever legitimate or anything, but uh, they just declared that it was over. Powerful. Well, so, oh, please chime in, man. I, I dropped a lot of things that we'll, we'll flesh out as we go into it, but... Um, what I'm trying to say is that um, I'm talking about MK Ultra, it, and uh, as a tangent, there's that movie MK Ultra, right? Right. Uh, it, I don't know. I couldn't get through too much of it. It looked like, you know, come on, dude, don't use pink titles. You know, just learn how to make film. Like, look, okay. Even though my background, I look like Satan because of my camera, but. Uh, the uh, the thing is that this model, once you under, what I'm trying to do is reveal the substructure. And in order to understand it, okay, music is the key, is the core, is the way, not only of the entire system, but how to unwind the system because it's not only your intellect right your senses your body what you experience of your body but your endocrine system okay it's this goes to the base of the spine right mm -hmm. this is becomes indoctrinated on a spinal glandular level, which is what music allows to happen. So, by understanding this pattern, um, we can we can snap it, we can cut it. Um, so, I'll leave it there, William. And uh, please, hey, last thing I'll say, I want to thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, my pleasure. But yeah, but it's, the music isn't important. They studied MK Ultra. Part of it was like sound, influence of sound and stuff like that. A lot of people don't know that they were studying that aspect. They just see it as drugs. But imagine if they're studying drugs and sound and isolation and sensory stimuli, visual stimuli. They were doing the full suite of, uh, you know, the five senses on people. So they might have learned something about how to... How to get that sound into people to manipulate them, right? Yeah, well, the thing is that, you know, uh, let me, okay, I can scroll through this. So those who watch the video. So like the magic bus, right? So this is the bus of culture, right? So this artifact, right? The Dayglo bus out of nowhere from Mars, right? Right. Dropped into the experiential spectrum 
of basically 1950s America, which it's very hard for us to kind of go back to that, right? But um, this is a, a very anomalous, right? Look at these colors, these day glow. The thing is they're dissonant, they're jarring. They're actually not comfortable, right? They make you, you know, um, they they distort perception, right? And right, but the bus, like, so you have the magic bus, the Beatles. You mentioned that last time. But yeah, yeah, I'm getting that. You even have the bus of Manson too, right? Like these buses were be went out from like nowhere into the common culture. It's so strange. The Mary Pranksters, all that stuff. Well, this is, um, so I'm just kind of doing a little bit of review we covered before, but, um, and, uh, you know, this, um, this 100%, the research for um, tying everything together, and I, I have, I even have the, the meetings from 1890s, 1920s, to dial this in, right? So I'm not just speculating on this. Um, even though, you know, people refer to it, so it's, um, but I, I you know, cred to, to, to Tim O'Neill, right? So Tim O'Neill, um, participant observation of Smith, his parole officer, just quoting from, uh, Chaos, O'Neill's book, the marketplace of speed, violence and compulsive methamphetamine abuse. This is before we have a meth epi epidemic. I didn't know what meth was until probably, you know, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, this is in the Haight-Ashbury LSD scene became the methamphetamine scene. Okay. They transitioned. It was a methamphetamine scene. The LSD only lasts so long, right? It, you have these, you know, Desocialized communities living in almost sort of, uh, you know, rat havens, whatever, which is rat havens, right? The hippies. This is, they're based on rats, all experimentation, giving rats LSD, then methamphetamines. So, okay, again, quote from the book, page 301. But the paper, The Marketplace of Speed, Violence and Compulsive Methamphetamine Abuse does describe the nature of participant observation, which Smith wrote, forced the social scientist to break with the law. Okay? Breaking with the law. Jolly West has his LSD, you know, safe houses, right? Okay. Right. Hiding in a deviant group, he had to convene with drug users. That, this is a quote from Smith, Mance's parole officer, that they can trust them with information which in other hands would place them in jeopardy and perhaps most important he must resolve the moral dilemma of something which he may find morally objectionable at best probably by association he could himself be arrested in a very real sense he becomes a co-conspirator with information and insight under Normal conditions, the average citizen would be obliged to share with law enforcement. He must try to understand what individuals within the groups feel, how they view the straight world, 
how they avoid arrest or detection. So Smith ran the ARP out of the Haight-Ashbury Free Medical Clinic, HAFMC, which had just opened in the previous summer. Soon he was spending so much time there that he made a proposition that his only parole client, instead of meeting with Manson in downtown San Francisco, where Smith had an office, why not just meet at the clinic? It was more convenient for both of them. And anyways, Manson and his girls had started to contract sexually transmitted diseases. The clinic could treat them for free. So, this guy that's developing and did all this research on group behavior, right? You feed a bunch of rats LSD. Eventually, they start going insane. They start killing each other. One rat becomes the king rat. Wow, so they knew that. So they studied that, huh? No, they actually did these experiments. And his parole officer was doing this research at the time they took Manson, who was a hardcore, you know, antisocial son of a bitch, right? Mm -hmm. Not a pleasant person, not social, right. not attractive, from the worst of the worst, and turn him with LSD, he suddenly becomes a Christ figure. He becomes a guru. Who gave him LSD? His parole agent. His parole agent transformed him into the guru. Right. At the same time, they're running experimentation. And here's the clincher, and I can go to many other details, but that group behavior, right? Where that alpha male rat, right? The guru rat, the Charles Manson rat, takes control, has a harem of women, right? The other male rats are either killed or become slaves. And so the slaves enforce a hierarchy and they have a, within their slave architecture, they have a certain hierarchy within that, right? But they're still subserving to the masters. And all the females are just the tokens of the master rat. Wow. Wow. And from that, they went into methamphetamine. Wow. And what happened in Haight-Ashbury was a massive meth speed scene that was that is almost unknown, right? You have the summer love, you have the LSD scene, then you have methamphetamine, hardcore methamphetamine scene. And that's what they said killed the, the summer of love. Love was the meth. That's what drove everybody out, is my understanding. So there was like a really good vibe, and then it went sour. Do you ever hear that? Well, you know, this that that is um, you know I mean that so that's um, that's sort I'm, of I'm gonna I'm gonna bring up something. This is an intro, really fascinating documentary you can find find on archive.org, but it's about summer of love and meth. Just exactly what you're talking about. And it has these characters in there. It's People go crazy. This is the actual clinic. Man, this is it. Thank you, William. You this can't hear me on audio? Oh, I, I'm not getting any sound. From any sound. All right, let me try it again. Check one, two, check.
It's not coming through, huh? No, it's totally silent. Wow, weird. But this is it. This is Hate Ashbury. This, this is, is this David Smith right here. This is him. That's Manson's parole officer. Who was doing this experimentation? Where the meth came from? That's David E. Smith, M.D. And then there's like Frederick Meyer shows up. So all these characters are around. I don't know who this guy is. But look at look at those these these things. Oh, man, I wish we could, I could hear it. Can you hear it on your end? Man, I want to hear this. Can you do share sound? I don't know. Let me, I don't know why it's not working. It should come through. So I don't know why. Let's try. Uh, yeah, but this is the whole bit. It goes in. There's some other doctors. Roger Smith is. This is the guy. In 925, this is the guy. I think that this is the guy who gave this stuff to Manson. Well, this is um, this is Manson's parole officer who got him out of so many legal jams, who created Charles Manson. You have a career criminal, a hardcore, you know, street thug, basically, right? Mm -hmm. And then you have him transform into this god of the counterculture, right? Right, just a legendary figure, almost kind of like came from nowhere, but like somebody with an incredible cultural impact too, right? Well, no, he, he knew everybody, right? Yeah. I mean, look at the, the, the Tate LaBianca. He's hanging out with these people. He's hanging out with Brian Wilson. He's, hey, everybody denied he, him that he knew everybody. Yeah, yeah hey, Man, I gotta fix my, my lighting. This is. Um, let me try. That again. Let me see if I can play this again. Let's. let's okay, let's, go ahead and try to play it. There you go. Okay. Present. Share screen. Okay. My girlfriend at that time gave me my first hit of speed, and the people that I hung around with then, uh, they all liked speed, and we all did a lot of speed. Then we had. One of the my friends was a dealer, and he'd bring ounces at a time, and we'd hit that. And I used to hit about uh, once a week, or sometimes twice a week. And I continued all during the summer using speed. We all did. And something happened, and a friend of mine almost died from speed. He overamped, and you know he couldn't breathe, and his heart was just going at. A rapid rate and so that scared a lot of us and we all quit speed but then some started again it is my feeling that every high school has its colony of kids who are still active students but who are so far along into the abuse pattern uh, that they are destined certainly to wind up in a place like the Haight-Ashbury a speed user does not function in his in his social environment very long the home is the last place where he can function. That's all he ever asked for. In our experience, there seems to be no particular type of individual who gets involved in the in the speed scene. And speed users range all the way from ghetto people to um, to very upper class individuals. I would say that perhaps the majority of, of kids who are down here in the Haight-Ashbury using speed come from middle class backgrounds. Uh, one of the things that we've been interested in, in looking at is the whole lifestyle of people who become involved in the drug and kinds of things that they have to go through in order to buy the drug. 
uh, on the lower levels, uh, we have such things as, as working the meat rack, or uh, for boys, uh, they might uh, cater to, to male homosexuals. A girl may uh, occasionally turn a trick or, or prostitute herself. Some of the lower level uh, speed users will attempt to maintain their habit by dealing small amphetamines produces very serious physical problems. The injection of amphetamine produces hepatitis. One sees abscesses at the injection site. In addition, malnutrition, skin problems, and a whole variety of other very serious physical problems. In general, the physical and psychiatric damage done by compulsive use of amphetamines is much greater than that with marijuana and LSD put together. Well, as you experienced be lately doing concentrated solutions of so this is kind of like classic two-faced things that an intelligence group would do. This is for your health. We're here for your health. But the whole time they're studying these people, right? They're guarding information, how to manipulate them, all that other stuff. Well, this, I mean, I think that the Manson thing is really, you know, all this. There's your rats right here. Look at this. That's the rats. We've studied the effects of amphetamine on mice. At high dosages, amphetamine produces death by convulsion. However, at lower dosages, when the mice are in groups, death also can result in many of the animals, primarily because they become violent, aggressive, fight, inflict wounds, and literally kill each other. Normally, mice get along quite well in group situations. Almost no other drug produces this violent interaction. The mice studies were a cover, though, for the rat studies. Drugs are not uh, taken just in uh, the no. teenage... It just goes right back from the mice killing each other to this oh, guy. No, oh, so wow, this is amazing. This is amazing. Well, no, because... No, here's the thing, though. The mice studies, right, were cover yeah. for the rat studies, which is hierarchical social relationship societal transformation but the the my stuff is is absolutely relevant keep playing this man this is um this is this is direct evidence and this is amazing. history right here it's all hate all san francisco pursuit ghetto like the it, it is interesting to see kind of the background people walking out around clean cut they haven't quite the full 60s effect hasn't quite hit them yet Producing the, you know, you got to check out these names. Who's Richard Scott? Who are these? And Roger Smith was, I mean, Roger Smith took Manson right? from, so we could just show the Roger Smith stuff in this video. This is. I mean, again, let's, you know, Manson, you know, career, you know, we all know Manson's background. We have to flesh it out, but career criminal, you know, whatever, foster homes, this and that. But he was a hardcore street rat, right? Yeah, no doubt. Roger Smith. Mother was a prostitute, yeah. Roger Smith, the guy in this movie who was a graduate student at UCLA, right? Um, became his parole officer, 
founded the Hate Free Clinic where Jolly West had an office where Jolly West was running his, you know, his observational portholes into the 1960s scene. And he, he did LSD therapy with Charles Manson. He transformed, literally, you know, so the Manson, okay, he looked like he looked, he, he had some music skills, right? He could right. sing, he could play guitar. Okay, those were pre-existing. He was a thug, right? He was somebody you wouldn't want to meet at any time, right? You meet him, you want to get away from him, or else he's going to manipulate you. He's doing low-level crimes, check-kiting, stealing, anything, yeah. But he also had a very sociopathic personality, right? He had an ideal personality for this role. He was good looking, and he was what? He was older than the the sixty generation. But this is happening in real time. This is not like years out. But they may have tracked Manson. What I would argue is that we can go back. Um, you know, we look at the Macy conferences, the you know cerebral inhibition, the first conference in the forties. Cerebral inhibition means hypnosis. Then you have a bunch of uh, conferences on inducing psychological disorders through psychedelics, mind manipulation through psychedelics. You have the, you know, uh, yeah, what did you call that? A schizo creation. You had a word schizo for that. Schizomogenesis. Schizomogenesis. Yeah. Generation of schizo. You know, the um, ex exoteric, exogenous. Exogenous means outside the organism, right? Exogenous generation of schizophrenia. Um, but you have these individuals, I mean, these groups, you know, we can go deeper and deeper or back, but we want to look at mass manifestations of psychological phenomena, destabilization, core pivot figures, and Manson is airdropped out of nowhere. So the guy is a street hustler. He's a violent thug. He's, you know, he probably, you know, he, he did some pimping. He's attractive to women. He's a manipulative person. Totally manipulative. And he's older than everybody. Like you said, I think he was like 36 or 37. And his whole yeah, record is 20 or 21. 16 to 22, 23, 24. You know what I mean? Like very young. Alright? But That's this it. Operation guy, Chaos, right? It's the whole theme of O'Neill's book. I've interviewed O'Neill about that book, by the way. People can go back and look through my catalog and, and see that interview, but yeah. He makes but, a pretty good point, yeah. But no, I'm, I'm just I'm highlighting this which you brought up, which is an important point in his book, but just to bring this up by putting that video up, right? This is the, if you look at the, the music and the whole system, the whole articulation of this, right? I mean, it's in your face right here, okay? Yeah. Even though, again, the mice studies are, the rat studies, they have this, like, Lord of the Flies thing. The rat stuff is way deeper, you know what I mean? But, but you know what's interesting and odd, uh, Hans, is, like, it may not even, like, 
just the Manson family, maybe just a small part of it, because they did weird shit to the, uh, who are all, it's weird stuff, excuse me, in the um, Bay Area with all the biker gangs. They were heavily involved in amphetamines. That was kind of their thing, but that's probably what made them so hyper-violent. And people, these, you know, scientists probably knew that. Let's give them all amphetamines and they'll go berserk, which is what happened. Like, like I grew up there. I remember the biker gangs. They're almost all gone now, but people stayed away from them, biker bars, because they're probably all angry and methed out, you know? But you know, think about meth, though. Um, okay, let's see my... Okay, that's better. Oh, my God, I don't look like a satanic devil. Yeah, they um, got rid of the little He really doesn't have red hair, people. That's what you get for buying a fifteen ninety nine webcam, even though I have like a. We were joking in the pre-show that Hans had drank too much Bud Light. He got yeah. his off robbing uh, the local Walmart for cheap yeah. Bud Light. Yeah. I'm woke, man. I'll be any gender you want. I mean, I I was, um, you know, you know, I I was, <laughs> um, you know, pretty successful in the academic field, but at a certain point, it was either. I'm going to get the, the boutique position or I'm going to just keep doing this, you know, whatever, you know, visiting this and that. So I literally, you know, I was going to take on a transgender identity. You know, job forever. They'll, they'll shoot you straight up to uh, tenure with that. I really look at that dress. I look like the worst nightmare of like, you know, like the, you know, like, you know, like the, whatever in the boarding school who's beating you with the rolling pin. But anyways, um, uh, you know, so this, um, you know, because, you know, you know, um, O'Neill, you've got these documents. So we're looking, a lot of people, you know, it's easy to make a claim, right? It's, you know, you have a warrant, a claim, you have your evidence, you know, um, and things that you can intuit. But here we see this guy who has no positioning to be a parole officer, right? He's a graduate. Everything you just said in this lecture is right here. It's right here. His name, the mice, the whole bit. But the meth scene, how many people, like, you know, meth, like, you know, it was not something that I knew, like, Breaking Bad, right? How much anybody thought about meth. Now, meth hit our culture, hardcore, you know, you see all the, you know, the videos, or all the pictures of before and after meth addicts, but meth is what, uh, would you help me out the Ramsey? I'd say, like, 2010, 2015, we have Breaking Bad, but before that, who knew about meth? You have cocaine, you have this. You never heard about meth. No, it wasn't, very, it wasn't a popular drug. It never really, nobody talked about meth. You know, people talked about weed or maybe um, MDMA or something something like that. But meth, not in my social group. Maybe other social groups. I don't even think it was a culture, right? What's that? You know, even in mass culture, what? you don't have any knowledge of meth, right? I didn't know... Look at Breaking Bad, the HBO documentary, right? And the meth eruptions. Okay, so I, I don't, you know, I, I don't have the, the facts in front of me, but, you know, there was a point where meth kind of dropped into American culture where it was an epidemic, Oklahoma, Utah, blah, blah, blah. But 
Before that, it wasn't there. You didn't hear about it. You hear about all kinds of crazy drugs, right? You know, ketamine, this, that, meth. You know, it wasn't really there as part of a drug culture or even part of a social culture or part of a media culture. But the experimentation done by Roger Smith with Manson in Haight-Ashbury rolled out the whole thing. Then you have meth culture airdropped. When I say airdropped, what I mean is that it suddenly has a presence in the media. It's suddenly there, right? So Breaking Bad, is, I think, is a great entry point to see meth. I don't, um, off the top of my head, I don't know when Breaking Bad came out. Um, I could probably find out, but I don't know. But, 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 but look, they did this whole thing of psychedelics, right? 2008 to 2013. Okay, 2013. So I said like 2010-ish. So this is a long, long journey from Haight-Ashbury to meth coming back into American culture, is it not? We can look at crack cocaine. We can look at heroin. We can look, whatever. you know what, what I'm saying? Uh, you follow me, right? Yeah, 100%. This, but the research was done and implemented and long scale right like like hey ashbury was just a big petri dish for these guys all walking around studying and garnering information going back to the university with all their info it's very strange like imagine being in hey ashbury and not knowing that these kind of uh sinister behavioral scientists psychologists psychiatrists are around studying you you know now, Jolly West took like a thousand case studies of individual, uh, what he, they called hippies back then, you know? So he had like their background, what, how they became hippies, how they became homeless, all that other stuff. Really studying in detail with a lot of other doctoral students as well. Like it was a huge operation. I think it was funded. I mean, the funding is probably very strange, but uh, it was funded to the tune of like 30000 bucks, which back then was real money. Well, uh, uh, I don't know if we um, you, we talked about this on a show or just in private conversation, but um, you brought this up, which is something I've tried to highlight also, is that MKUltra, right? So there are a lot of programs, you know, or a lot of research or, you know, interventions based on individuals. You brought this up, which really was so important and I just want to foreground this or highlight it let me underscore it that's a great word no one uses that word anymore underscore let me underscore this which is that MK Ultra is was a cultural endeavor it is a group modeling thing it's very different you want to generate a particular aberrant behavior individual or you want to have certain individuals controlled they can be triggered with certain words you know within the um, you know the the, uh, the matrix of the you know the various DID um, you know persona grids um, which you know that's one thing but socially you're throwing something you're dropping a rock into a pool right you are 
putting something into a larger system. It's system dynamics. It's very different. It's connected, but it's very, very different. Okay, you're looking at system dynamics. You're generating systematic behavior, which is what the rat studies were with Manson as the head rat, the chief rat. And we're looking right in our faces of this evidence. You have Owsley. I have a, a huge bunch of audio clips. We can listen to Owsley. You know, military intelligence guy who was a chemist also designing sound systems for the Grateful Dead, as well as being the number one LSD producer, you know, with, you know, classified Intel background at the same time, where this stuff came from. How did it manifest? Did it come from the sky? How do you shift from peace and love to suddenly methamphetamine? Who, which I want to, I want to, I want to, you know, underscore this. I want to like cut to the chase that people realize this, that our cultural awareness, you know, if you're my age, you know, I just turned 22 years old. I'm young, looking for love. No, just kidding. But, meth, I never heard about meth. I knew about lots of different drugs. I was in the music scene. I was, meth really, you know, it was not even a presence, but some, crack was there. Crack, this, that, speedball, you know, blah, blah, blah. Where meth airdropped from into our culture. But it was researched and studied in Haight-Ashbury as part of the Summer of Love, right? It's the same. That's what I'm trying to say. Let me, okay, I'm trying to clarify what I'm trying to elucidate. So you can look at the individual operant conditioning cycle. Right? Pleasure, pain, torture, gain, freedom, submission, distortion, remission, clarity, darkness, whatever polarities of that cycle of the individual mind control programming sequence, which we see exemplified in the serial killers. Right? That's an individual deep level mind control sequencing. Okay, this is much deeper level. You're looking at a group spectrum. Shock, antecedent. 1950s rock dies. Right, it literally died in 1959. They're arrested. You have the plane crash. The day the music died. We should maybe listen to that. John McLean. You have that. Then you have a little gateway period of just totally cheesy teen rock kids' music, you know, really sappy, you know, music. Maybe some good music, but there's no rock. There's The energy is totally gone. Suddenly, boom, it hits. You got the Beatles. JFK assassin. Um, oops. Okay, that's... Okay. Okay, so you got JFK assassinated. You have that trauma trigger. You have that break. You also have that... I went... Back to what we started with, I'm a little puppet, right? That children's music priming the nervous system, okay? So again, you have a vector behavior. You don't have a single, you know, you're not looking at a single target. You're looking at a diffused, targeted space with complex variables. 
psychological topology. Okay, Beatles, blah, blah, blah. We go through the whole thing. It took place in how many years? 1963, 1967, 1970. You got Altamont. This whole chapter is closed. It's done. It's finished. It's set in stone. You have innocence. You know, the great American trauma. You have the Beatles flying in. You have your know, stage photos of that. Because you've had rock, 1950s rock, was basically done for, right? All the major artists, it was gone. It was, boom, it was a brick wall. Including, you know, um, people dying, right? You know, uh, you know, people died. People were in jail. People were whatever. Then you have this swing. Then you have the amp up. Then you suddenly have Revolver, Beatles. Suddenly psychedelics hit. 1966, Rosemary's Baby, right? Rosemary's Baby. Psychedelics are introduced. Okay. Then you have the um, the end point of the 1960s was what? Manson. The hippies are murderers. They're killers. The same time, bleeding right into that, you have LSD going directly into meth. You know, people don't know that. I mean, you know, speed freak scene. Grateful Deadler driving that train high on co cocaine. Right? Mm -hmm. Casey Jones better watch your speed. How many people really know that they do, and you have really good LSD, you have very bad LSD, you have STP, right? Okay, you have STP. You have a drug that will put you on a trip for 48 hours and create permanent psychosis. You have the LSD becoming the drug supply. You look at the drug supply to Woodstock, the bad LSD of Woodstock, right? The chemical input is shifting. Then you have the crash, the hopes and dreams, right? The emotional high. We're going to change the world. We're going to make the world a better place. Oh, we're not. Guess what? You're going to get a bunch of methed out, LSD-influenced serial killers, and we're going to make sure this doesn't happen. Your, your dreams of change and changing everything isn't. It's incredibly sinister to actually think that it was all culture, manipulation, and creation. What well, would William follow me of this, right? Because um, I haven't really articulated this, you know, that clearly before. But so look at, so we could bring up videos. I have, you know, tons of audio clips that we look at. But look at the Summer of Love, 1967. Okay? 1966. Now, in the Intelligentsia, right? You have Artie Lang, right? You know Artie Lang, right? Artie Lang, yes, I know. Artie Lang saying, using LSD experimentation with patients, saying that schizophrenia is actually sanity. When you think you're sane, you're insane. You got John Lilly programming, reprogramming the human biocomputer. Okay, you're using LSD in flotation tanks, blah blah blah. But the Lilly book. Programming and reprogramming the human biocomputer. This is, these are manuals. But Artie Lang, right, is basically saying society is insane. The ones that are mad, 
Schizophrenia is actually sanity. And here's the way to do it. Take LSD. This is like 1963. Rewind a little bit. You know, um, Aldous Huxley. Rewind a little bit to the beats. You know, blah, blah, blah. But you know what I mean? But uh, there it is. In, in the human biocomputer. Here, Lilly documents both the methods and results of his famous experiments with expanding the mind's metaprogramming power with LSD and sensory deprivation. It's, it's all there. That's it, and here's Lang. Experience of psychosis. Crazy. That guy's a piece of work. Politics of Experience. What did he write? What's his books? He wrote a lot. The divide itself is like his, you know, that, um, I've got, I've got a, a rare lecture or a presentation of Allen Ginsberg, um, R.D. Lang, and I think it's Bateson also, on sanity, sanity is insanity, insanity is sanity, okay? That's crazy. The doors of perception, right? Sanity and Madness. So, was, so 1965, okay? So, when was LSD air, airdropped into, you have intelligentsia aware of psychedelics, right? Right. Not, you know, even your middle class fodder, you know, your 18, 19 year old college student doesn't know F all about this stuff. Wasn't popularized, but I think there were actually conferences, like psychiatric conferences, about LSD in the fifties. So well, that's the Macy conferences. That's what I'm saying. Well, that's Macy Macy conferences. So those are not even. So they have a first sequence of conferences of psychedelics developing, creating insanity, creating psychosis, all this stuff. They're not even on. The website, you can find pictures of the hard copy versions of those conferences. Then what you can actually find is, is psychedelics and therapy. Psychedelics and healing psychedelics and that. But they did a big series starting from cerebral inhibition in the early, you know, very early 1940s. Cerebral inhibition meaning hypnosis. Cybernetics came from Macy conferences. AI came from Macy conferences. You know, the Tectotronic control grid is directly linked with the Macy conferences. They developed that. Um, and, but anyways, so the, these, these things, you can't find these, man. I mean, they used to be even available. The prices shut up a lot. You know, you're looking like 10, you know, $1,200, $1,800, and now they're, you can't even find them online, except for there's a few places you can see the actual pictures. Right, you see the pictures, but the prices are out or not not available, all that other stuff. Well, well but no, they've been erased. The, the stuff wow. on, on, no, on the schismogenesis, they were called, the original name of psychedelic drugs was... Schismogenesis Genesis stuff, right? Uh, uh, Psychedelic, uh, schism, they're called schismogenic. 
They, they were, I mean, uh, okay, I actually, I just lost the uh, the term, the actual term. But then those schizophrenogens, psychedelic drugs were called, they were titled in the late 40s to the mid 50s as schizophrenogens, generating schizophrenia. Psychedelic came in later. You can see those missing conferences. And then you see the conferences, you look up Macy Conferences Psychedelics, Psychedelics and Healing, blah, blah, blah. But this was the, you know, the intricate modeling of the system, right? But, uh, it's a good guy to William. I, I, I talked to Well, him. I'm just saying, like, it's just incredible that all this stuff is like, most of the stuff people, I would say, myself included, would think that a lot of the creation of the 60s was organic, not driven by social engineers. But I think it's just the opposite. I don't think it was very organic at all. I think people were guiding everything, from the dead to so many of these people, whether it's Leary, who was definitely working for the human ecology. All these people were getting money from the CIA. So it was a total, you want to talk about the scariest aspect of the Ultra, like you just mentioned, it's not just the individual Manipulation, it's the entire cultural manipulation, the entire civilization being manipulated is really where you're into kind of nightmare territory. Because so many of these people were injured, damaged in the 60s. So many people literally went schizophrenic. They went crazy from the drugs like they knew. So uh, the intentional application of that Operation Chaos or whatever is really far more terrifying than just like one person going insane or using drugs or something like that. Well, yeah, of course, the story, right? You know, the person who thinks they can fly, you know, jumping out of the, jumping off the building. Tons, right? yeah. But, you know, just, you know. Well, again, think, of, think of the irresponsibility of that. If you were one of these doctors or smart guys, Smith or West, or, and they knew that this was the effect, but this stuff was implemented with, with their expertise. Like, I don't know how active some of these psychiatrists really were. They were just the researchers doing the research. Imagine the person behind them who says, okay, we know the research. We know that, that meth will drive these people crazy. Let's put it all out. Let's get as much meth into the American population as possible and make it palatable, make it worthwhile. It even goes into, like you mentioned, the crack epidemic. How much of that was... I mean, we know the CIA was bringing the stuff in. Not just bringing the stuff in, on. It's knowing what the effect is before they bring the stuff in. So it's not just the money making. They just know what's happening. Or you could even do that for uh, the kill shot they just administered to everybody. They knew beforehand what the effect would be. No, absolutely, man. And the um, the thing is that I'm trying, you know, like this, you know, it's one thing to say it, right? And, and you know, I, I do, um, you know, maybe it's my latent sort of, academic self that still resides here in this body, right? This, um, you know, I wanted to be Jerry and I became extremely hairy. Okay. No. But is what, was the, your, what was your academic expertise? Sociology? No, no, I did. I did ethnomusicology, but I was able to cover every level of culture, everything from economics to philosophy to perception, to cognition, to the, this is what I, I actually came up with a whole new model, which still no one has touched. 
and then I whatever you know conspiracy stuff I I, you know, I, I I you know when I started sort of delving in this realm I apply it so it's sort of a multi-frame level where though you, you keep your empirical data but you can look at it from different perspectives right without losing your sense I mean I think that's very important because what has been deployed is is multi-layered is multi-leveled but you know, it, but you can always, I mean, not maybe it's not a good thing, but the, you know, the fact is that, you know, by understanding this, and, and that's what I'm kind of trying to, you know, move towards a little bit is showing that, you know, the music itself, right, as really being sort of a carrier wave for this cultural transformation. It's a carrier wave, right? It's, it's something that influenced different people at different levels. But the effects now we cannot deny. When you see, I see people in my neighborhood still wearing a mask when they're jogging. That is... Driving a car or something like that. No, seriously, man. What do you think? That, that is... You know, there you go. But carrier wave meaning it's a resonant thing that once you understand... Music, not only just as, oh, it's music, but what is music? How does it affect your brain, your physiology, your mind and body? What kind of things are triggered in your own self, right? And this is a great way to totally unwrap and smash this whole system. Because we have literally been, we are, I mean, you know, whether, like, I grew up, right? I was a little kid. The serial killer stuff, it was, it's terrifying. It was, unless you grew up in that era, because that stuff, we have our mass shootings, right? That's different. That's a one point. The serial killer stuff, there's so, 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 so many of these things from the Zodiac. Charles Manson being the First initialization of the LSD to meth psychosis drug trip that was implanted on the rats. How do you instill a meth psychosis on a general population that is still, you know, they're you know your average person is not even going to take drugs. They're not going to take meth. They don't even know what meth is. They're not going to take LSD. But fear. Fear, joy, fear, crash, fear, this, that, you know. So uh, maybe you can um, you can uh, articulate that. You, uh, hopefully, I, I, I'm, you follow what I'm saying, right? Is it, is it this is biochemical? It's it's not abstract. It doesn't need to be abstract because it's in. We have this influence in our own bodies, right? It's in our nervous system. It's in our central nervous system. You, you can change it. You can decrease it. But, um, you know, all of us, as I mentioned, that dispersed sort of cloud, you know, helicopter dropping out little pellets. Certain people are going to get more dose. We're being these songs, the music, which I think now is, I am not noticing as much in my environment. Maybe I'm not going out that much. But you go to a grocery store, you go to a bar, you go to a 
so long. What's the background music? What is that triggering? This is your little trigger state that you're not even aware of. But this is the way to unwind it. So the music is almost like the magic dust that ties all this stuff together. So through that, we can pull it back. Go ahead. Right. But I mean, think about all the Beatles and all these famous musicians and their influence and all that stuff. You're still listening to it today. You know, Sgt. Peppers and all that stuff. So it's actually pretty intense to think about how encompassing it is, really, right? Well, why are we still listening to it, right? So, um, you know, you, you, I mean, I used to, when I was a little kid, right, to hear psychedelic music, 60s music. I used to listen to the show. I was like, because, you know, I was doing eight, nine years old, called Psychedelic Sunday with Russell Carey, right? That's the only place you can hear the psychedelic music in the height of the corporate rock era. You couldn't, it was not, there was no term classic rock. You know, let us, you know, there was not classic rock. This, a lot of this stuff was totally forgotten. It was not put on a pedestal. Okay? It was not, because never in the past had a past music usurped the present music culture. Right. It was like a, it was a revolution, right? Really revolutionary. These are subtle things. Um, you know, people talk about, you know, Mandela Effect, whatever, but Mandela Effect is making us forget this. Like, I mean, just, you know, I'm just, you know, casting those, um, you know, older people or younger people, but, you know, we, we lose our ground of what the cultural space was like, right? What the Muzak was like. Muzak used to be like, you know, just like super cheesy. Now we're surrounded by different genres, different things, different song types, different, you know, and in <laughs> some places it's a race, but, you know, gas station. But these are, you know, you know, they basically, what I'm making this, it's called, you know, you've heard of the cosmic egg. Okay, the cosmic egg is a model. It's a reality model. The cosmic egg. So, the cosmic egg, sort of, okay, you go back to the religious meaning, esoteric meaning, whatever, but it's an all-encompassing space, right, of everything. And this is what we are shunted into and what, like, bringing up those, that amazing video of the rat experiments with Roger Smith, who was Mance's parole officer, who took him and took him from a hardcore street thug and made him into a guru and deployed him as an asset and going from the peace and love to Rosemary's baby to Roman Polanski's house to right. the serial killer phenomena to the closure and then wash, rinse, and repeat. We're in the same cycle. That's what I'm saying. So it's but we don't even know how many people the Manson family really killed. Like how 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 sick and depraved you really got. Like there were there were other like there were people in Venice who died and all this stuff like that. We know the famous kind of people, right? The uh, Tate Law Bianca stuff, but they were on a tear. It's really crazy. 
Well, yeah, I mean, that that whole thing, I mean, uh, the, the Manson thing is really, um, really fascinating, right? I mean, and uh, just as an aside, what do you think about, you know, a lot of people say, like, this is fake, that's fake, Manson never killed anybody, blah, blah, blah. I mean, what, 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 I, I, I know certain things are absolutely fake, um, but I hesitate to jump to conclusions like that. Well, there were other suspicious deaths, like a suicide in Venice. I can't remember the guy's name. He was with one member of the family. Then there was another death, like somewhere in like South Bay, where Manson said, go in there and kill somebody. So I think those are all probably correct. Those are the known ones. And then their lawyer, one of the lawyer defense lawyers, ends up dead in a river. So there's all kinds of weird stuff going on. Uh, those are just the known ones. I mean, the Tate LaBianca is so strange. LaBianca, they didn't even know, right? So what did somebody say, go kill those people? Was that a mob hit? Was there some money exchanged? We'll never know, you know? But, uh, yeah, there was murder all around them. Like, that's... Uh, just, I mean, you can just go through Boozelet and all those other characters. So, uh, it was a rough, crowd, rough uh, group of people. So I don't, I don't think that they were like the the apologists out there. I think are full of baloney. I'm not hearing the uh, audio. Is it playing? It's something going on. I don't know why it's not. Oh, it's, I think everybody can listen to the song. We can just uh, <clears throat> bring up the uh, the lyrics um, of that. But but it. it you know, it, it is a very... I don't know if this guy did any other songs, you know, um, besides that. <laughs> but but it's... No, he did either. Nothing famous. You know, it's like the, the Cats in the Cradle, right? That's a great, um, you know, song. He Basically, he did, you know, that was basically his song. And, and, and sometimes people are rolled out to do that. Um, it, it, you know, you, you know, and the thing is with the Aosh... Stuff you never know what's being changed. Okay, right. But I'll just I'll go just read the lyrics real quick. Um, so American Pie lyrics. Long time ago, I can still remember how that music used to make me smile, and I knew if I had my choice that I could make those people dance, and maybe they'd be happy for a while. So. There's a lot in that. I won't do. Um, there's a lot of meaning. Um, there's a whole. It's called psycholinguistics, right? Of, of psycholinguistics of lyrics, but we can see. So we have the past, but there's still something that made you happy, right? I mean, the music, like you know, you were going to shows, man. You know, you know, it made you happy, right? There's. It's not just like we're, you know, you know. There's okay. Anyways. Okay, but then February made me shiver with every paper I deliver. Bad news on the doorstep. I could not take one more step. So right here we have the encapsulation that you have this thing that's making people happy and you know you can be part of it and you can help to make the world a better place and if you were lucky you could do it, right? But then it says... February baby shiver, right? So you're a paper boy. Every paper I deliver. So this is our media, media encoding. Bad news on the doorstep. I couldn't take one more step. So here we have the encoding, right, of constant bad news. We have the sort of trauma-based mind control or just our day, you know, whatever. We're dealing with the daily news. 
I can't remember if I cried when I read about his widowed bride. His widowed bride. Unmarried, but widowed. Right. Pretty deep. Um, you, you feel free to jump in. Well, I'm just like, it's, it's pretty remarkable. There's a reason why this song is always off reference, because I think it encapsulates encapsulated that generation, right? And it's kind of the sinister aspects of it. Bad news, bad vibes, death. Because the fire is the devil's only friend. Oh, and as I watched him on the stage, my hands were clenched in fists of rage. No angel born in hell could break that Satan spell. And as the flames climbed high into the night to light the sacrificial rite, I saw Satan laughing with the light. Totally religious, you know. It's really, really deep. I mean, this... So we can go through every lyric and, and really understand it. That's a whole show, right? Where I mean, people, know, people have like unpacked the song and all of its meanings, right? What it's specifically referencing and things like that. Yeah, I, I don't, you know, I don't have that resource. I just, you know, go for my own um, yeah. space here. But so I know there's things. But widowed bride, let's take that widowed bride. You know. Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. So we have the Chevy. The Chevy, what Chevy represents what? American culture, right? The Chevy truck, right? Yep. Okay. Um, this is the day that I die. This will be the day that I die. Did you write the book of love? And do you have faith in God above? If the Bible tells you so, do you believe in rock and roll? Can music save your mortal soul? And can you teach me how to dance real slow? Okay, we're going to dive into that. But this is this is for the listener, right? This is a pop song that either... Boy, I don't know much about Dom. I know nothing about Dom McLean. Oh, neither. But did you write the book? Like, is this be aware listener, right? In your own mind, right? Do you have faith in God above? Do you believe in rock and roll? Can music save your mortal soul? Like, make that decision, right? The, he's out. Before we go back to the, you know, up to the satanic sacrifice, he's saying right there, can, you know, he's, you know, in the song lyrics, he's saying giving you a choice as a listener, as the experiencer. You know what I mean? Like, understand you know, even though it's not surface, it's like priming you to make that choice. Do you go towards the dark? you go towards the light? Mm -hmm. Right? Because there's, you know, not to get into spiritual stuff, but there's definitely a spiritual level of this. It's, we have the technological grid. We have the rat experiments. We have the mass rat manifestation of humanity. But is there not a choice? Is they're not a very strong esoteric connection with the serial killers as, you know, mind control programming. Uh, right. I mean, those are the secret operations that probably never came public, right? You and Cameron stuff came public, but what about the ones where they're taking in hippies and drugging the late living daylights out of them and schismogenesing them? That's just what's incredible. And so that, that's like the spiritual, cultural backdrop of these this era is just so many deaths. Those serial killers, like there was even one just in the Bay Area. Those ones in Santa Cruz or whatever were so whacked out. They were all on acid. I can't remember their name, but 
that were, I think they were associated with like a guy who was in the mind control thing a lot. Actually, the term serial killer was invented by a shrink at Stanford called Lund. Have you ever heard of him? Oh yeah, and that that and, and, and so again, that he was he what I was getting to his Lund was the guy who oversaw these two skitzed out acid heads who were normal before they started taking acid, and then they just went on a rampage and killed people. In, in Santa Cruz, it wasn't, what was the famous guy, the really tall guy's name, who's on Mindhunter, who was in that same environment. What was that guy's name? I can't remember, but yeah, no, there, there are some weird things that happened in, in the Bay Area. Lots well, there were so, the thing is that there's so many of them. Yeah. Like, um, you know, you got, of course, the Night Stalker, the Zodiac Killer, um, and I, I'm thinking of the, oh my God. Well, there's so Doesn't a lot of them, you know. I mean, and there were major, um, you know, figures, and there's you know, hundreds. Is, of is it, have you have you ever heard of uh, this guy? It wasn't Kemper. It was the guy, John Lindley Fraser. Uh, no, I haven't. No. Now, John Lindley Fraser and this other guy, and Herbert Mullen. They were just. He was a. Most likely to succeed, did a bunch of acid and started killing people. Went crazy. It was a classic like story of this whole thing in Santa Cruz from 1970 to 1973. When was Manson? 72. Was it 69? When was Manson? 69. Right around that time. So the cult. Like when did they do other? When did? When was the tape killings? Well, you know, you got that thing at you know University of Michigan, right? That was like a very similar thing and actually much more. Intense if you look at the the whole spectrum than, than the Manson, but right at the same time of Manson, and it's the same type of thing. You know, all American boy, clean cut, um, uh, killer. Um, uh, let, look at uh, this guy. Look what they did to this dude, Frazier. Um, he was instructed by God to kill people, and this is a literal picture of the dude. This is unbelievable. Well, dude, I'm going to throw this out at you, right? Okay. Telling you what the level this stuff operates on, right? It's like you get a toxin or you get an implant, you get a certain register of it. American Pie, he's talking about serial killers directly in that song. <laughs> the voice of God, right? This is the voice of God. Um, he, I mean, this is the outline. I mean, it is... The lyrics are extremely deep. I, you know, I'm sure there's lyrical analysis, but I'd rather do my own before I get impregnated with other things, right? But it's a voice of God, right? The voice of God. And then we got, you know, we got uh, Michigan Murders, right? Right. With um, Ypsilanti Killers, the co-ed killer, right at the same 19-year-old Eastern Michigan student killed. Right, the first victim, Jan July 9, 7, 9, 1967, right at, see that, right? 1967. Oh, yeah. So I think the Michigan murders, this was, uh, because he went to the West Coast, right? So Collins, um, um, you know, the Ypsilanti, the Ypsilanti Ripper, right? Right at the summer of love. Sorry, Chapman. Wow. John Norman Chapman. Or 
John Norman Collins, his original name, he changed his name to Chapman. Who, Mar who met Chapman, right? That sounds familiar. To some wow, it's totally, uh, totally normal looking. Jeez, there he is. But, but he did these vicious occult killings, dismemberment stuff of bodies found wow. around and just kept going. And these were really nothing even remotely like this had ever heard. But he went to the West Coast, and that's a bad picture, right? I mean, he was like handsome football star quarterback. This, I think that's a photoshopped picture because he, the pictures at least I saw was he was, you know, but very, you know, charismatic, but he was connected with the police. But right at the summer of love, this is going on. Right at the same time, and then the whole story when he got finally got arrested, it never came out why because of Manson, right? Wow, exact same time. Um, yeah, that's him, yeah, Ron Norman Collins. Wow, and really brutal murder rapes in weird locations, you know, esoteric, shit, you know, and the full story is not totally out, but that's right. I mean, at least to my knowledge, I would, okay, you've got a few outliers, you know, whatever, you know, Jack the Ripper, you've got the guy at the Chicago World's Fair, and you got a few, but really the serial killer thing, in my mind, Manson inaugurated it, but as a psychic phenomenon, this is the LSD meth brain fry interaction, okay, that's what I'm, but Collins, I think, was really important in this whole thing, but he kind of forgotten. I don't, I know you're from out already, but. Trying to find this one picture of Charles Manson. It is so weird. Have you ever seen a picture of Manson with half of his head shaved? I have not. Yeah, it's uh, somewhere Just give me a second. I'm gonna, I'll be right back. So. Okay. Well, i got to wrap it up pretty soon. I'm supposed to pop on another stream. Oh, okay, okay. I just said, yeah. I mean, I if you want to just. I have we'll, to, we'll have to do another show and finish everything. We didn't even make it through your. We didn't even make it through. We didn't even get through like two sides. I, you know, how many books I got? I thought I would have enough material. I brought all these books. We didn't. Yeah, we've done ninety minutes, so we've got through a lot of stuff. That that we'll have to. We could probably just go through that whole documentary again. But uh, Hans, where can people find you and your websites and social media? Okay, so. All being relinked, I've got a new web host. I've got a guy in India who's going to build my website. So Hansutter.com, um, musicmindcontrol.wordpress.com, which will be reverted over there, um, and Hansutter at Facebook, um, and that's uh, you know, you know, that's about it. Unless you send me a. A uh, message in a bottle in my under, underground bunker. Um, no, no, no. I, I'm getting this dialed in. Um, but, uh, you know, I've got this book uh, coming out. Soon. What's, what's the title? Do you have a working title? When do, you, when do you expect to have it published? Well, I've got, I'm basically, I've got three separate volumes that will go into that main volume. So I'm starting out with, you know, basically, um, introduction which goes through like music history theory and practice i have something specifically on like what we're talking about 
then I have the sort of tie-in that goes to a lot of the more scientific aspects as well as some of the esoteric esoteric aspects of it because um, you know it is it's all tied in right so uh, just to uh, and I've got uh, some new music coming out I have CDs available uh, you know record stores up I've got a funk album you know nice. I, I, uh, well no I, 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 pl I produced it I recorded it I play guitar on it this is like the real deal you know I'm playing at a motorcycle club all black motorcycle club tomorrow you know I got you know you got to keep the funk alive there right I can't you know you can't BS in that situation <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah so you can do some positive culture creation yourself right it well, you know, yeah, but but I am, um, you know, really the next, you know, stage or plane um, is, you know, it's very important to learn stuff, but also how to, you know, heal to bring it back and to, um, you know, start to reinvent humanity. Because we're being reinvented. We're being reimagined from the top down. We have to start to reimagine ourselves. Um, you know what I mean? And, and not just on a discursive, you know, just talking, but actually what to do. But um, just real briefly, I'll just, which we didn't get into, is this whole, okay, next show. Next this show. whole alchemical aspect if you tie this into the prima materia, the, the process of cultural alchemy, you can relate all of these stages to what we're discussing. And then what's very important is to integrate, you know, which people probably don't want to do because it sucks, but is it they set the cycle and it's being just reloaded reloaded again right. in the same capsule right solvent coagula right yeah but also as it keeps going down and down and down it penetrates the different levels so i did i did a show sunday some people i sort of disagree with certain points but i i you know i said that the integration of the sort of um, the AI, right? AI, mind control grid, it's kind of already happening, okay? We're already into it. Novo Hawari, it just, um, which I found out yesterday, basically said the same thing. We're already in that control of the AI. It knows us better than we are, know ourselves. Mm -hmm. what, I'm, um, what I'm saying by that is that this is there's a big psychological aspect of this that we can unwind, um, you know, and, okay. Anyway, thank you, man. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. I got to run. Again, it's Hans Uter, and this is part four in MK Ultra Music is the Weapon from Manson to the Technocratic Tronic Control State. Thanks so much for your time. All right. Take care. Stay there soon.